Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to spend a second week in the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, verses 1 through 12. Last week, Pastor Jim explained the passage for us. This week, we'll pick up where we left off. Scripture here touches on the topic of divorce. The Pharisees came asking him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. When they were trying to trap Jesus in a theological debate, in his response, Jesus referred them immediately to God's word. What did scripture say about it? And Jesus shifted the focus from divorcing for any reason to God's original design for marriage. What is God's view on divorce? This week, we'll dive a bit deeper into the reality of divorce among us and God's response to divorce and the divorced. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Is It Okay to Divorce? Part 2. The betrothed husband of Mary, who, by the way, hadn't heard Jesus preach because he hadn't been born yet, but when he discovered that Mary was pregnant and he was astute enough to know There's only one way that ever happens, well, unless you're Mary. He assumed, when he didn't know yet the whole story, that she had been unfaithful during the betrothal period. So he intended to divorce her. Because of his righteousness, Joseph felt compelled not to marry a defiled woman, and so he was going to end the betrothal and call off the marriage. And because of his his personal character, his love for Mary... His compassion, he wanted to divorce her privately. He didn't want to pile shame on top of everything else. So according to what Jesus said next, Joseph Joseph would have been permitted to do what he planned to do if it had been true that Mary had been with another man. Now, God kind of changed that a little bit by revealing the virgin birth and all that. Watch Jesus take this conversation squarely away from a trick question about divorce designed to test him and ensnare him and turn it to where it belongs, turn it into God's design for marriage rather than a preoccupation with how to end a marriage. Mark 10, 4 through 8. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one. Jesus takes them to two two statements, also from the pen of Moses, And he uses them to crystallize this whole discussion on the subject of divorce and remarriage. Make sure that that's your perspective. When when someone is talking about divorce, take the conversation to marriage. Divorce is meaningless apart from understanding what marriage is, right? 
Start with what God says. Remind yourself as often as necessary of God's design for marriage. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, let me give you the uncut version of the two verses that um, Jesus mashed together there. They are Genesis 1.27. God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And then a chapter later, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God made mankind male and female. And He intends from the very beginning for us to get together, male and female, and populate the earth and rule over it. Marriage, which is the lifetime union of one man and one woman, that is God's design, which is the norm for everyone. That's the normal way that people live. Now, there are exceptions, and the Bible deals with that as well. We're not going to spend much time on them today. Then the words that Jesus quoted from Genesis 2.24 tell you God's design for marriage. In the hundreds of weddings that I have performed, I make sure that every bride and groom hear this just before they take their vows. You look at Genesis 2.24, you understand that marriage is exclusive. Just two people are involved. Marriage is publicly recognized. That's why we have wedding ceremonies. Um, it, it involves a public declaration of leaving one's former family and uniting to a spouse. You don't sever your relationship with your family, but there's a new higher priority. Marriage is designed to be permanent with the two united into a, a relationship that most translations call cleaving to one another. The Hebrew word cleaving means something permanent and indissoluble. And right from the very beginning in Genesis 2.24, we understand that marriage is the institution in which sexual union is designed and intended. The two shall become one flesh. Now, that tells you a lot. I mean, look what Jesus did with two verses. It tells you, Marriage is for a man and a woman. That means homosexual marriage and all homosexual sex acts are wrong. Other passages tell you they are an abomination before God. Now, like I said, God hates divorce. God doesn't hate divorced people. God hates homosexuality. That does not mean that God wants you to hate homosexual people. Everyone needs the Savior equally badly. He also says that Sex is for a man and a woman who are married to each other, period. End of discussion. There are no exceptions. You are not the exception. You don't need to pray about it. It's wrong. It will damage your life. Not one of the consequences of a sexual relationship outside of a man and a woman married to each other ever has good consequences. None of the consequences are good. Always, they make life more troublesome. Now, 
I want to give you a sidebar. It's not the subject of our passage, but I want you to observe the way Jesus stood on the book of Genesis. It has powerful applications for us and how we interpret Genesis and the whole Bible. Jesus took Genesis 1, 26, and 27 to mean, shock of all shocks, exactly what it says. Jesus taught creation in six days. And Jesus was a young earth creationist, meaning believing that the earth is roughly six 7,000 years old, not millions of years, not billions of years. Those days mean days. That creation means uh, creation. Now, that's pretty significant because he has a pretty good basis for his opinion. He was there. He created it all. He knows what he's talking about. So, someone may tell you that the days in Genesis don't really mean days, They may tell you that they really mean eons. They may tell you that it doesn't mean a literal man and a literal woman. They can tell you that that's what it means, but that's not what it means. It means exactly what it says. So you can say, I disagree with the Bible. Okay, you have to take that up with God. But don't say that the Bible doesn't mean what the Bible says. If that part of the Bible isn't true, the one that you're trusting as your Lord and Savior was a liar. And that wouldn't be good. All right, that was the sidebar. Now, let's move on. Divorce, therefore, is a corruption of God's design. By His grace, in His mercy, He does not reject divorced people. So in His Word, He provides what you need in order to glorify Him in spite of marital status or lack thereof, or marital history. So look at His summary there in verse 8. So, when created as male and female, get together, cleave to your husband, cleave to your wife. He says, verse 8, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. In marriage... A husband and a wife belong to each other. Marriage is not a mutually convenient merger of business interests. It means from the day that you marry, you are not a free agent. Even your body belongs to another person. And everything you do needs to be a matter of teamwork. So what is the Christian position on divorce? How do you advise someone who is in the throes of a a difficult time? And and face it, that happens. If, If you're married, I know something about you. You have marital problems. You are one of them. Your spouse is the other one. It's inevitable. We live in a fallen world. There is hardness of heart in all of us that needs to be constantly broken up and and gotten rid of. So how do you advise someone who is going through a really difficult time? I'm not minimizing the difficulties by any means. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.